Welcome to the Street Photography Magazine podcast, priceless inspiration and advice for street photographers everywhere. Hello again and welcome to episode 45 of the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine, and this is the place for inspiration and advice by street photographers for street photographers. And thanks again for taking the time to listen again this week. I hope I have something really special for you this time. And it's really good to be back. I apologize for publishing this episode two days late. Normally we publish every other Thursday, but due to a freakish winter storm in the Carolinas, I got stuck in Miami. I mean, if there is such a thing to be stuck in Miami in the wintertime. Uh, but I got stuck there for two extra days and it sent me back a little bit. Speaking of the Miami Festival, I tell you, it was amazing. It was uh, my first photography festival, and it was almost overwhelming. I met some really amazing photographers and saw some equally amazing work, and I learned a ton. Uh, I can't believe how much you can learn in just just a few short days. I can't wait to go back. And, uh, you know, because of this, we're going to create a list of all the major photography festivals throughout the year. So if you happen to have one or you know about one, please send the information to me and you can send it to me at bob at streetphotographymagazine.com. That'll be a real help. So we're going to publish this as a resource to all of our listeners and readers and friends. This episode is being published on December 15th which means it's publication day for Street Photography Magazine. We do publish on the 15th of each month. So by the time you hear this, the December 2018 issue of the magazine will be available. And be sure not to miss our interview with our feature photographer this month, Nancy Lair. We really ended the year right with the conversation with Nancy. I learned a lot from her personally, especially something she told me about a technique she uses to spot a good photograph before even lifting the camera to her eye. Nancy says she constantly takes inventory of what she's seeing. She's always asking herself, what am I seeing? Now, I won't get into the details of it because you can get that directly from Nancy in the article. We also have a special bonus issue this month of Street Photography Magazine. It's the Urban.Art Winners from the Urban.Art Photo Awards held in Trieste, Italy each year. You can find it in the Past Issues page of our website, right next to the December issue. And, of course, you can find it on our apps, our iOS and Android apps. So be sure to check it out. The photos in that festival just get better every year. I'm one of the judges of the festival, and it's been really cool to see how it's progressed over the years and the quality of the work that people submit. And a quick reminder that our first ever photo contest ends on December 21st. The winner of the contest will win a one-year pro subscription to Portfolio Box. The theme of the contest is night street photography. So take your favorite night street photograph and upload it to either Facebook or Instagram and tag it with hashtag SPMNight. That's spelled N-I-G-H-T, just like nighttime. And as we said in the last podcast, December is Portfolio Month at Street Photography Magazine. 
Our objective is to help you create your own great street photography portfolio. To help us with that, we are happy to be sponsored by the people at Portfolio Box, who have created a very flexible and easy-to-use online portfolio service specifically for photographers and other artists. As you may know, I'm a web developer by trade, so I'm really impressed with what they've created technologically and visually. They have a great attention to detail, and they made a service that's very easy to use. The system features a minimalist design that enables you to create a unique layout just for you so it doesn't look cookie cutter. And that even includes a blog, which I feel is very important not only to help you drive traffic, but also to tell your own unique story. To help us celebrate Portfolio Month, Portfolio is offering our listeners 25% off a one-year pro subscription. To get it, just click the link in the show notes for this episode, or you can click on one of the ads on our website. Now, the offer expires December 31st. And one of the nice things about this offer is you can try Portfolio Box for free. And if you like it and you keep it, then you save 25% on your first year. Our guest this week is Miguel Ortiz. He is a very high-level blockchain expert working for IBM. Now, I'm not even going to go into what blockchain is all about. It's very technical, but it's the technology behind cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, and it's used for many other things. It's uh, really revolutionary, and Miguel is one of the key experts in this field. Miguel is also an avid street photographer who's had an opportunity to study under Valérie Jardin during one of her Paris workshops, which is a great opportunity. And because of his expertise, he travels a lot. So while he's away, he spends a lot of his free time doing street photography. Miguel also created a really compelling personal website, an online portfolio, and he did it with Portfolio Box. So he's going to explain how he did that along with talking about his photography and a number of other things during the interview. So please sit back and have a listen to my conversation with Miguel Ortiz. And with me today is Miguel Ortiz. Miguel is, um, well, he's just a smart guy. I, I don't know what else to say. He's, a, <laughs> he's an expert in blockchain. If you don't know what that is, I'm not going to explain it because I'm still trying to get my head around it. And he's probably in so deep, he can't explain it to regular people. But anyway, yeah, he's uh, he's with uh, IBM, and he's also a photographer, very talented guy, a podcaster. So, Miguel, welcome. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for, so much for inviting me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. Uh, Miguel has a very interesting uh, website, personal portfolio. We want to get into that. Of course, it's Portfolio Month. And also want to talk about his photography. He travels a ton. And so he has lots of opportunities to shoot in different places. So, Miguel, before we get into things, I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit of your background, your journey in life, and how you got into street photography. Sure, sure. Um, so I'm, I'm from Puerto Rico. I was born there. And around 12, uh, I moved to Miami. And that's where I was raised. I went to college there. Uh, I spent uh, a year in Baltimore doing graduate school. And after a year and one winter, I decided that's not for me. I'm moving back to the south. Uh, so I moved to Austin, Texas, and that's where I've been the last uh, 
I don't know, 12, 13 years now. Yeah, Baltimore isn't really the north. That's not real winter. <laughs> it was winter enough for me. I mean, coming from Miami, it was a big change. <laughs> yeah, that would be. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Keep going. <laughs> no, no, no problem. Uh, yeah, so uh, my photography, uh, you know, I... I, I wish I could say like many folks, oh, you know, since I was a kid, I was a photographer, but that's, that's not quite true. Um, you know, I, I picked up a camera, uh, when I was in college, I had a, I had to take an elective. So I took, uh, photography, although I had, had liked taking pictures and, and so on. I, I wasn't very interested in, uh, you know, in, in photography as a hobby. Uh, but I took uh, I took that class. I had to go buy a uh, SLR. Uh, so I went to the local pound shop and got a Elan 2 uh, uh, film uh, SLR and went to class and basically shot slide slides. And we had a, a number of different projects that we had to do in the semester. We had different tasks. And just through that class, I really got interested on on what I could do with, with photography and through different parts of my after that you know photography kept coming up in different areas uh, I used to shoot for example uh, endurance events uh, because my wife was was doing triathlons and running and cycling events so I would shoot those events uh, and then I started shooting uh, cyclocross events because that's um, I, I would go to the cyclocross event and do it myself, and then I would shoot people uh, on the process and uh, always liked the, the, the whole idea of photography. Um, but it wasn't until I went to Valerie Jardin's uh, uh, workshop uh -huh. that it kind of hit Good like... choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was a... a a very interesting workshop. Uh, it was the first time that I kind of put it all together with what I like on photography, uh, the type of camera that I like, what I, you know, the simplicity aspect that I like, and kind of like made sense in the street context. Um, and obviously, with a lot of her tips, and and uh, it was it was about a week long, so that that kind of like put it all together for me. And I said, okay, this is what I really like, right? And uh, and from that point on, that has been my my main uh, area of focus in photography. And now I'm shooting a lot of portraits and and practicing with lighting and, and things like that as a as a secondary um, you know photography focus. So which workshop of Valerie's did you attend? Oh, I did the the one in Paris. Very nice. I I would love to do that one. Uh, it was it was awesome. Um, because of work, uh, I used to work for a French company, so I had been in, in uh, France uh, a couple of times. But this was the first time that uh, we didn't stay in the in the very uh, touristy area. Um, we stayed out outside and we didn't do like the main tourist attraction. So we hang around neighborhoods. We went to local bars and local food areas and markets. And uh, that gave me a completely different perspective on what Paris is to begin with, and also on what it means to do uh, street photography. Um, 
and from there I've been picking up, uh, you know, kind of like developing my, I guess you can say my own style, but but it's more just what I what I, I shoot a bunch of different things and what I what sticks. That's what my style becomes, I guess. I think that's true <laughs> for anybody. You know, there's no comparison between going to a city as a tourist on your own and being with somebody who actually knows the city, knows where to go. And, of course, speaking the language certainly helps as well. Mm-hmm. And I, that's something she really offers, uh, you know, especially in, in her French workshops there. And I think she does one in Normandy as well. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been... Uh, so I went with my wife to that one, and I've been looking to maybe do a, a second one which just we just haven't had the time uh with work and everything getting on the way you know yeah it's tough i mean it, you have to commit a lot of time to it when you're when you're learning like that i think it's a lot like golf you know if you're going to get good at golf you got to play all the time and then you don't have a family life <laughs> yeah i tried golf it didn't work out for me <laughs> you're better off i think <laughs> I, I used to play a lot. I haven't played in years. Too many injuries from other things. <laughs> so you've done a really nice job putting your work online. Looks like you've done a good job curating it. So what what caused you to, to take the step to put your work online, to really kind of reach out there to the rest of the world? I've been, I've been toying with the idea of, uh, you know, I, I, I see the, the different aspects of of everyone's life right so you have your work aspect you have your family your immediate family your hobbies um so that's one of the reasons uh a few years back i got the url miguelandia uh, which would mean like miguel land i guess and the idea was to put all these things together in a single place so i can share it with my family uh it wasn't so much for the public it was more that I wasn't. I'm not living close to my parents, for example. So I wanted them to take a look at um, different things that are happening. Um, so I tried it. You know, uh, tried a, a few iterations of it. I always lost interest. Um, but lately, I've been doing a lot more of the street photography. So I, um, and then I, I listened to one of the podcasts with. Uh, uh, um, by the way, I listen to a lot of podcasts, so, um, Me too. <laughs> so if I reference a lot of those it's because, well, that's, that's, I guess that's another hobby. Um, but, uh, I travel a lot, so I get to listen to them on the plane, um, uh, to Derek's story in, uh, yeah. one of his podcasts, he was talking about, um, you know, the importance of, of of showing your pictures and having your own website and, and, uh, he mentioned portfolio box. So I started with, uh, okay, so I'm going to put this together as soon as I can or as fast as I can and, and put one, one, uh, uh, one portfolio or, or one, um, set of pictures in. And then, you know, little by little it's, it's been growing and I like how it looks. I like how easy it is to to manipulate and and to make it look the way you like. And I like to keep it simple and you know something that uh, my family can take a look at and I can share with my with my friends and um, you know the the rest of the people can 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 enjoy as well. Come along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. People find you when that happens. 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I didn't think anyone was uh, actually looking at them. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy to see that other folks are enjoying it as well. Yeah, because what I like about Portfolio Box and other similar services, they, they just make it so easy. It takes away a lot of the friction. Um, being a WordPress developer myself, I, I have a lot of people saying, gee, should I make, you know, or can I hire you to make my portfolio? And I say, yeah, you can. You probably can't afford it. And, you know, if you go with the service like Portfolio Box, all the tools are in there and you don't have to pay somebody like me. <laughs> and it looks good. You know, because it's all about the photos, right? Yeah. If if your photos are good, then your website's going to look good. You don't have to have this super custom design because, if anything, it probably gets in the way. So, you know, I really like how you organized it. You've you've got it grouped into basically projects. And how did you choose these groupings? Because, you know, when you take a lot of photos, sometimes it's hard to sort them out on your own. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I have a, a few different type of groups that I that I put together. Uh, some of them, some of them are by location, so different places that I've been to. Uh, the other, I like to do uh, through the year. Um, I like to do projects and kind of have a, a single focus. I have a problem that uh, if I have a lot of options, uh, it takes me forever uh to do something mm -hmm. uh, so uh, and that, that's obvious when trying to do post-processing for example it takes me forever because it's uh, oh well, i have this option this option and then analyzing and then i overanalyze and end up not doing a whole lot um so you know some of the projects that i've done for example there's one that i'm i'm particularly proud of although it's not the best photography in the world but it's the it's the one that's called Hotel View Project. Oh, I was going to ask you about that. I'm glad you brought it up. So the idea of the project is I was traveling a lot that year, um, and uh, I didn't have time to do much photography at home. Uh, I was in hotels all the time, and all my friends kept telling me, "Oh, you live from hotel to hotel. That must be so good." And and you know they had this romanticized idea of what a hotel is especially for business travel it's not as cool as people think uh, so i want to figure out a way to um basically to to show them that right um, so i took my camera with me i took both a digital camera and a uh, pinhole camera actually uh, with me uh, to every trip and then i would take a picture out the window uh, of of the hotel um, so the idea is that in most hotels, the view is of a parking lot or something boring, nothing very exciting. Um, I think through the process of doing this for a year, uh, you know, obviously you start learning, well, I'll wait until sunset or I'll wake up really early for sunrise. And I started using ND filters and learning how to do that and mm -hmm. uh, learning where to aim and how to get the sun flare. Uh, because at some point it just becomes parking lot after parking lot after parking lot. It's just boring, right? I mean, it's even, it was even boring for me and that's what I was trying to convey. But at the same time, I was like, let's make it a little bit more exciting. That. That's just depressing. Uh, so, so that's how I, I got the, the hotel view project. I did that for a year. Um, and, uh, I'm particularly proud because I actually stuck with it for a year and, and I got it done and, uh, 
get a selection of um, on the website it's uh, most of the pictures are there but got a selection of six and then I I submitted it um, to a um, um, submitted it to uh, to not a competition but a selection for for a book that it didn't get selected but uh, but I was pretty proud that I got to the point in which I completed it I, I actually narrowed it down to six which is a huge endeavor for me and then um, and then you know uh, completed a project basically put the the final uh, uh, seal of approval on it, which was uh, pretty cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, you're in these places all the time, so you might as well make something of it. Right. Um, you know, so so uh, another thing that, that happened out of that project was because I was carrying my camera uh, with me, whenever I had some time or whatever, I would go outside and see, okay, what, what can I shoot around? And to be honest, n nothing nothing major came out of that um but i think it also gave me some practice right on 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 just being out with the camera looking for for good shots and and try to to get uh you know just just maneuvering and if nothing else i learned how to use the camera a lot more did valerie get you started with fuji yeah she tried <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I use, uh, I use a Sony. I have a oh. a6500, a small one. Yeah. I like that one. Uh, it gives me good, uh, low light, uh, you know, like uh, when it's dark out and, and, or in a, inside a building or something I get, uh, I still, I'm able to get some pretty good photos and truthfully, it's just the one I have. So having a portfolio, what has that done for you? So first of all, it got me to this podcast, which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's worth my investment right there. And then uh, I think it also makes me, when I'm in the process of either planning a, a vacation or planning a, a place where I'm going to go shoot um, or planning a new project, it puts... It gives me an outlet for, uh, let's say, finishing the project, right? Um, so I'm going to do whatever project I'm working on. Like, for example, um, the Rosa Decoder project that I'm working on, that's an mm -hmm. ongoing project. It, it gets me a place that, okay, I put the picture on my, on my, on my website. Uh, I'm done with that, right? It, it kind of gives me an end uh, to... To each photo and to each project, which is uh, it's good because if not, then I'll, I'll you know mentally continue to to work on it, um, and and that helps me out. And then it also helps me out when doing project uh, like like that one is that I can uh, tell people, hey, it's, yeah, I'm working on this project. Go to my website, check it out, and 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 because they don't just see that, they see other pictures that I take it and everything. They can. They see that I'm uh, that I'm a little bit serious about photography, not just you know some random person asking them to take their picture. So these women from Rosa Dakota, did you know them before? Uh, well, I knew uh, yes. Uh, the the first couple I knew, and then uh, they introduced me to other people, and and now I have a list of of folks that. Uh, that are, and I have some that I haven't developed yet, but 
uh, I have a list of people that hopefully will be making it to into the project uh, in the in the next year. So the background of those photos is that the actual background, or did you um, is that a composite? I, I like it. I think it's really cool. Uh, yeah. So that's actually a background. Um, uh, it's a uh, 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 what is it called? Like a like a cardboard. So it's a mm-hmm yellow orangey cardboard and then i put some lighting on it to get the the different shades um and then uh uh, but i like it that it comes out pretty flat and clean seamless type type look um i tried it um if you see there's a a project called la tribu Mm -hmm. and that one i tried doing the same thing and the idea was to use a lot of the women that are in the in that set um, the idea was to use a lot of those pictures for for Rosa Decoder, but I couldn't carry all my stuff. That was remote. That was in, in Portland for Thanksgiving. And I just couldn't carry all my stuff with me. So I tried, went to Joanne's, got some some uh, fabric. And the fabric worked, but it's not, uh, uh, it didn't come out as clean and, and, and smooth that I wanted for, for the same, for the Rosa Decoder stuff. I, I like that background. It's got a nice texture to it. I like your portraits. Uh, anybody who's listening, you definitely have to go to Miguel's website and look at his portraits. You do a, a really nice job getting great expressions. They look like just natural, fun expressions. Because as you know, when you shoot portraits, a lot of times people are tense and they look tense. And what do you do to loosen them up? <laughs> a lot of these people were funny to begin with. Uh, <laughs> uh and uh and so that's good so get good subjects that's uh <laughs> that's the first tip um but uh usually um you know they try to keep serious and then uh, I, I mean for each picture that you see here there is a, a handful of others that either they were really serious or they were doing what they thought they should be doing um and then you know you have that that one that it's they're not looking at you or they're looking away or they're just laughing, thinking that you're setting up the camera or something like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so a lot of those, um, a lot of those are the ones that I end up choosing. Um, so, so that's, that's what I like the, the, the a little bit more natural piece, not so much. It may not be the prettiest picture of the set, but it's the most natural one. So I like, I like picking those. Yeah. So what'd you shoot the, the black and whites? Um, what'd you shoot that with? I see you used uh, Delta. Oh, yeah. The So the black and whites is, uh, so basically I was doing the, the funky pictures or, or the, the funny pose that they had. Um, I was doing it with the black and white picture and uh, with the black and white um, uh, Taholka, actually what I used. Yeah, so I actually went around town. Uh, so I have a friend of mine that was in, in Portland as well, and she's a photographer. So I was telling her, man, it would be so good if I uh, if I get a, uh, uh, a Holga, find a Holga, some cheap camera, and shoot it in film too, since they're going to be posing um, for the regular camera. That would be pretty cool. So I went around town trying to find one. I went to three or four different stores. Uh, finally found a, a Holga 
And I went to, uh, I brought it home and basically uh, the first couple was kind of rough, but then I kind of like got the trick and I told them, you know, I'm going to shoot some pictures with the Holga. I don't even know if they're going to come out. Um, but, you know, just be funky, do funny faces, do whatever, uh, do whatever you want. And then uh, I took the picture and, you know, it's a plastic camera. No one thinks it's very serious or whatever. But what it did do is that it loosened them up a little bit. Um, so so by the time I got the, the other camera, they were already like in the mood of of taking, you know, a little bit more loose pictures as opposed to a proper post. Yeah, it's a good trick. Yeah, I was doing a photo series with, uh, well, I've been into martial arts for a long time, so I did it with my, with my sensei, my, my master that I trained with, and very kind of serious guy, and I, I I was shooting him with my Canon with a big lens, and I had my little Fuji around my neck, and I put the Canon down, and he just, he just like totally lightened up, and I <laughs> picked up the Fuji. He wasn't even paying attention, you know, this little toy looking camera that's where i got my best photos from yeah that's uh i i love i love the uh the whole aspect and i I think i'm going to continue i'm going to try to use it a little bit more and and kind of get a better perspective on on uh on on how to use it properly yeah especially now you know it works it's not leaking light yeah and you know like the the all the wrinkles that you see on the film it's actually my fault. So I developed the film, and I had never done 120 development. I I'd done 35 before a while back, um, but rolling a 120 film, man, I destroyed the first roll. I mean, it was pretty bad. You can see in in some of those pictures, but yeah, I think it looks pretty cool. <laughs> so, which is your favorite project of all these? I think. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm 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 pretty proud of the hotel view because I got it done. But I think one that I really would like to see through is the Rosa Decoder uh, project. Um, that's something that I I feel strongly about. Um, and the idea is to, you know, obviously getting uh, some 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 of the some of the ideas of Rosie the Riveter. But um, but I want to be able to show a, 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 a different perspective of Latin people in the in the tech community, mostly, uh, especially women in, in tech uh, for this specific project. Um, so I, I am taking some of the Rosie the Riveter ideas. You, know, you see it on the colors and the backgrounds mm-hmm. and so on. But uh, but I want I want the the independence or or the characteristics of the individual subject to to show um, to show uh, more on the picture, not necessarily the pose of Rosie the the Riveter. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I mean, my mother-in-law was a Rosie the Riveter. She left small town in Pennsylvania, moved to Cleveland during the war, worked in a tank plant. I mean, that whole story. Hmm. So it's it's kind of cool to see that happening again in the tech industry. Yeah, I think now, I mean, uh, you know, tech is, uh, well, it's, it's mainly men. Um, but I think now you see uh, a lot more, you're, see, you're starting to see a lot more diversity, uh, not only on the roles, but also on, on uh, uh, women, men, you know, minorities. They're all kind of, you, you see more and more of it coming up the the pipeline yeah i certainly hope so so where do you find these women do you already know them from work or 
you just run into them as part of your your profession? Uh, some we uh, like, for example, the the three that are on the website right now. Uh, the the first, the one on the left, it's she's my wife. Uh, <laughs> so the, my, you see, when I take out the camera at home, my wife and my dog, they both disappear. Uh, yeah, yeah, we all have that problem. Uh, <laughs> my dog knows that I took out the camera. He goes to the crate. My wife, <laughs> he, he kind of, she kind of like disappears, goes to her office. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm learning through it, this is funny, is that, um, I, I use her a lot for a lot of testing and, and take pictures of her a lot and, and whatnot. And uh, and I know how to communicate with her. Um, really? But I don't necessarily know. Well, you know. <laughs> How'd you figure when it that comes out? To take a Share picture, that with me after we get off. <laughs> when it comes to take a picture, uh, <laughs> and I, <laughs> uh, I, I, I know how to tell her, you know, move this way, move that way. And if I'm not so tactful, um, it's okay. We'll, we'll survive. Right. Um, but I've never done portraits with, um, other people like this, you know, I've done it with family and stuff, but not with other people that are either just known persons or I don't know them at all. Um, so that's something that I'm learning through this project as well. Uh, as, as well as the lighting, uh, I've never done lighting before. So something I'm practicing. Have you been to uh, strobus.com? Yeah, yeah, I've, uh, yeah. I've great, great resource. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, it is, it is. Uh, they they do have a lot of information. Um, I've done that. I I've been to um, uh, there's a, a local club here in uh, North uh, Austin Photographic Association, uh, NAPFS or NAP, North Austin Photographic, FA, that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I joined that group, and um, they have little training sessions every so often, and I've been to a couple with lighting. So, you know, just talking to people, uh, learning the process, and, and just practicing. Well, I have to ask about your podcast. So what, what can you tell us about it? I know it's not photography related, except for one of your guests, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, as I was telling you earlier with the uh, Rosa the Coder project, uh, you know, one of the one of the projects that I think this is an ongoing project that I've had in different iterations, and before that, I I was doing the Alstein podcast. Uh, STEAM stands for um, STEM uh, fields, so science, technology, engineering, math, and the A is for arts. Um, so the idea is to basically highlight the, the Latin community in, in the STEM field um, and talk a little bit about not so much of what they do in a day-to-day -day basis, so what their job is, that's not the interest, uh, more of the interest is how to get there. Um, so one of the benefits that I've had is, number one, I've had good mentors that throughout my career that has, have helped me quite a bit, and I completely, that's the one thing I recommend to everyone. Um, 
you don't have to have a formal relationship of mentorship, but you should have someone that you go ask questions, even if you know what you're going to, what the answer, or, or if you think you know what the answer is, someone can give you a, a different perspective to make you think a little bit. Uh, so that's something that I, I recommend all the time. Um, but <clears throat> uh, another benefit has been that I get to work with pretty large companies and when I'm in the board and they're making a decision on how to invest money or, or you know, are they going to buy IBM software or whatever, they're talking about sometimes pretty large amount of money. And I'm the only Hispanic or only Latino around in the table, right? Although I'm not making the decision for that, but I'm listening and I'm putting pitching in into the decision making process. Uh, and I, I didn't, I don't, I don't like that. Right. Uh, I mean, I think there should be, uh, more, more Latinos, uh, represented in, in a lot of these companies, especially being the, the large percentage of, of people that, that we have in the United States. Um, so my goal was to, sh and okay. So before I get to the goal, I want to say, so, uh, I think one of the one of the problems that Latinos have had in the industry is that we can get the initial jobs, we can get the developer jobs um, in technology, right? That's that's not a problem. Uh, I think the problem has been the pipeline of bringing those people from initial developers into the different areas and fields and and management and the hierarchy of 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 the different companies. So, you know, my goal was to be able to interview people that have had senior or executive roles uh, or that are leaders in, in the different environments or the different uh, areas and talk a little bit about how they got there. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that you grab three different people that do the same job in the same company and all three of them got there in different ways. Um, and by doing that, it actually provides options to people that, uh, new options to people that are looking to do the same thing, right? Now they know that they can do, they can go to it a different way. And maybe that opens their horizon on what the next job should be. Um, so that was the goal of the podcast. Obviously, we talk about about a bunch of different stuff. We talk about photography. I actually interview a couple of different photographers, and including Ivario Perello <clears throat> from the Candid Frame podcast. I also interview Charma Rodriguez, who's a has a, a photography uh, <clears throat> company in Florida. Um, and then I also interview a bunch of other uh, tech folks. Uh, in different roles, so that's uh, that's that's one of the one of the projects that I had. I got to a point in which um, my job this year has been pretty crazy, um, so I had to put it on pause. But it's something that I'm looking forward to start again, maybe uh, next year. Yeah, you can always pick it up again. And what do what do you what do you recommend uh, when picking it back up? Is there any any uh you you have quite a few uh uh episodes yourselves what's uh what's the secret for going for so long um i think one of the keys is to set a schedule and force yourself to stick with it 
you know, the key is consistency, I guess, is the way it is with anything else. Now, it's tough when you're traveling. Um, another good thing to do is is batch record. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in town for a week, record three or four episodes, and then you have them in the can, and you can schedule them and, and drip them out as, as the time comes. Yeah, I find uh, that uh, it's, re- it's hard for me, <laughs> like going back to the concentration aspect, um, you know, I, I have enough uh, cycles to do my job, to do my my home duties uh, with my family, and maybe do one hobby. Uh, I try doing multiple mm-hmm. hobbies at the same time, and it number one, it doesn't come out right, and number two, I just end up dropping it at some point or another. Um, so I, I was, uh, you know, so I do cycling for example i was doing cycling at the very beginning of the year and that kind of like took me off photography for um for for a good part of the year until i did a race in in august and then and then it kind of opened up a bunch of time for me so i've been doing a lot of that uh, in the second half serious cycling then uh i don't know about serious i mean it's uh i was doing (laughs) i was doing you know I say a race, which is a, it is a race, but what I'm doing in there is not racing. It's more participation. Uh, <laughs> An Austin guy, don't you hang out with Lance? Uh, you, you'd be surprised. He hangs out at the at the coffee shop constantly. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so That's yeah, cool. you, you see him around. Um, but yeah, no, we're not buddies. I've I've yeah. sh- shaken his hand and taken a picture with him before. <laughs> 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 That's always good. That's always good. All right. Well, Miguel, I think uh, about to wrap things up here. But before we go, I wonder if you can tell us all where we can find out more about you. Sure. Um, so you can check out my photography, number one, in Instagram. I'm at uh, M.A. Ortiz Jr., J.R., or in my website at uh, miguelandia.com. Uh, and Miguelandia is spelled M-I-G-U-E-L-A-N-D-I-A. You're right? Yeah, dot com. Cool. That's <laughs> cool. And you can find me at streetphotographymagazine.com or on my personal site at bobpatterson.me. That's M-E. And so, Miguel, thank you again. Appreciate it. And look forward to talking to you some more. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by Street Photography Magazine. It is the number one source for inspiration, education, and publication for street photographers everywhere. It's made by street photographers for street photographers. Street Photography Magazine is published once a month, plus a few bonus issues throughout the year. Each issue includes an interview with our featured photographer to discuss how they work and take a deep dive into some of their photos. It also includes photo projects and photo stories from photographers around the world to inspire you. And it's a place for you to publish your work to be recognized. For example, the Street Shooters of the Month section of the magazine. It features photos from members of our community. And many of our featured photographers have been selected from that group. So stop trying to go it alone and join the community. All of this for less than the price of a cup of coffee per month. Stop over and subscribe now at streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe.